Welcome to The How of Business with your host, Henry Lopez, the podcast that helps you start, run, and grow your small business. And now, here is your host. Welcome to this episode of The How of Business. This is Henry Lopez, and my guest today is Mark Fleming. Mark, welcome to the show. Great. Glad to be here. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. This is going to be a great conversation. We're going to explore Mark's entrepreneur journey and the launch most recently in his journey of Creator Nova. Creator Nova is a marketplace empowering brand influencers to launch their own beauty brands. And also how influencers can leverage this platform that he has developed to tap into this huge market that's out there for creator-led beauty brands. But a lot of it is going to be about his journey and how he got to where he is today. So I think it's going to be an interesting conversation. If you want to receive more information about the How of Business, including the show notes page for this episode, and to schedule a free coaching consultation with me, just text the word biz, B-I-Z, to 772-837-5700 or visit thehowofbusiness.com. So let me tell you a bit more about Mark. Mark Fleming is an entrepreneur and the co-founder and CEO of Creator Nova. Creator Nova is the marketplace that's empowering entrepreneurial influencers to launch beauty brands simply and swiftly. And we're going to dive into what that means exactly. Mark grew up in Toledo, Ohio, in a family of manufacturing engineers. This was the beginning of Mark's passion for business and specifically for manufacturing consumer products. Before founding Creator Nova, Mark worked at Alibaba, and he lived in China during that period of time. In his role at at Alibaba, he helped more than 50 U.S. startups enter global markets. And so this experience helped Mark understand from a firsthand perspective the pain that content creators experience in building consumer products and getting them to global markets. Mark's work experience, combined with his MBA from Kellogg, provide him solid business savvy That's what's required and what has been required to build Creator Nova and attract top influencers in the beauty sector. Mark lives in the San Francisco Bay Area. So once again, Mark Fleming, welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to to be on the show. I'm pretty excited for this conversation. And hopefully some of your listeners do are content creators that want to start their own business. And hopefully this gets them inspired to begin. Absolutely. I was chatting with my daughter yesterday as I was preparing and she, uh, she wants, she's in the fashion industry, but she wants to start a curated vintage store and she's kind of started online, but she understands this because she's in tune with especially the online influencers. And so as I was showing her your video that you had done for the uh, XRC labs, it's XRC labs. Yeah. XRC yes. labs. She was inspired. You know, she was excited. It's like, oh my gosh, people need that. So I'm certainly <laughs> Looking forward to it from that perspective. But let's start at the beginning for yourself. Uh, how would you describe, you know, as I was looking on your LinkedIn profile, you've had so many different positions, mostly in finance and in startup capital, but how would you describe your career, especially in the early days? I would say, especially in the early days, and even my first job was in finance. Uh, my second job, I switched completely and went into government. Wow. Uh, and I worked for the US Senate Majority Leader. I would say my entire career has been trying to figure out what is the best way to help people like me where I'm from. I'm from sort of mid city America, Toledo, Ohio, manufacturing towns. Uh, the global economy has changed. 
how do we affect change for for people not only in my town but town but cities like mine around the United States and then around the world which that brought me first to finance after undergrad then into government really working on big pieces of legislation from tax trade tech and telecom international trade issues and then it actually brought me in the VC I I sort of see uh, I worked in impact investing at Calvert Special Equities and that is sort of the bridge between government and the public-private partnerships working directly with uh, startups because it's great in government you get to pass big piece, big pieces of legislation but it's up to the business community to actually uh, affect the actual change and execute so it's sort of I guess I guess you could say sort of that's been my entire journey, how to right. help people where I'm from. And then it's been through finance and government. And then the interesting thing through finance, especially in venture capital, you get to see where the largest holes are in the sector. And then that brought me into a startup world. I usually, uh, I mean, I don't know that much about venture capital, but you either get into it because you've got a bunch of money that you want to put into action, or you come in as an analyst or an advisor did you come in with a bunch of money or was it your yeah. analytical skills and experience that brought you into it? I was definitely the latter half. If anyone <laughs> knows anyone who's worked in government, a bunch of money is not <laughs> what you make. Right. But what I did have, and I realized this at Calvert, uh, since we were investing and we were impact investing, is we can talk to a startup. And this is for anyone in government. Hopefully there's someone in government thinking that they could start their own career or start their own business if it's in beauty. Uh, or something else, or be their own entrepreneur, is what people in government get is that you go from a meeting on healthcare to a meeting on mm. trade, to a meeting on tax, to a meeting on infrastructure. So you get the, a huge macro view of the economy and where your company fits in, in there. So I think that's sort of a, a special thing about people who come from government that move into sure, startups. Yeah, no doubt. Now, back in those early days or back even at university, did you think someday you'd have your own business? You know, the funny thing about this is my dad was an en engineer for Continental Airlines. And, you know, they merged with United, I think, back in 2002, 2003. And he brought me to his office. Uh, and then even earlier than that, he would always bring me to his office and show me what was happening there. And he told me, you know, when I was a kid, I was very much into Power Rangers, you know, as all kids <laughs> are in the 90s. And he said, you know, I was talking to him about something about one of the storylines that I thought was wrong. And he said, you know, you can create your own story, right? I said, hmm. what do you mean? <laughs> I can create my own story. He said, yeah, you could create your own version of the Power Rangers. He said, yeah, but you probably have to be an executive producer. So that's when I started thinking about this. It was me at 11 years old thinking, hey, <laughs> if I'm the executive producer, I could create the stories that me and my friends like. I should actually be a business person and start my own business that at that time, probably thinking it was going to be an entertainment, yeah. but uh, that, that was the Genesis. And I think the Genesis for anyone sitting at home to that thinks like me is you can actually create a new world. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was a tremendous, a tremendous thought that your dad planted in your head, right. To think that way. Definitely. Definitely. So what was your first, Creator Nova is not your first business or is no. it? Okay. What was your first business and when was that? My first business was in college. It was 2005 and me and my college roommate, we wanted to create a business where people can create flyers <laughs> for uh, events <laughs> and parties. 
now looking back, we are way ahead of our time. Canva <laughs> became the better version of that. I see. <laughs> and at that time, we wanted to use Facebook to do it. So you could ah. sort of merge sort of Photoshop. We're trying to merge Photoshop and Facebook together, but the technology just wasn't there yet. Uh, but Canva's done a great job. <laughs> and then so, secondly. Yeah. Well, after that, what, what other business did you start beyond that? Yeah. And then after that, this was around 2009 for the next few years. We wanted to create another social network. Me and a friend, now we're both working in DC on different sides of the aisle. And as anyone hears anything about politics, they say, you know, you're on two different side, two different parties, you don't get along. Right. But we created something called Cloture Club. And cloture is what you need in the Senate or the House in order to invoke a vote. So it was mm -hmm. very, you know, politically nerdy <laughs> phrase, <laughs> Cloture Club. But the idea was Cloture Club meant you had to have enough Republicans and Democrats you know, signing on to an event for that event to happen. And it was sort Ooh. of like a mini social network for people on the Hill. Uh, yeah, that was the second. Did you business. get it launched or was it just an idea? We got it launched. It was working. I think the site is still up, but not being maintained anymore. But for a good, you know, two or three years, it was a good passion project for everyone. Mm -hmm. So do you still own it or did you sell it or what, what, who, who owns it now? Oh, yeah. My co-founder owns it now because then okay. I went to business school and I went into VC. So I sort I of see. backed away from it. But it was kind of an interesting concept and something that I think is probably needed now with all the things happening on Twitter and and uh, different things happening that people people aren't talking to each other. They're sort right. of talking past each other. And that's what we wanted to change. Yeah. All right. So what then? leads so i mean did you have any interest at all in the beauty industry either personally or what what sparked this interest it was while i was at alibaba group and living in china um first of all i moved to china without knowing any chinese yeah that's pretty <laughs> brave alibaba group. Uh, i tell people i learned chinese through the starbucks menu and basically ordering <laughs> food <laughs> understanding how but through so i first worked at uh ant financial and i was doing emerging market investings in the fintech but then they sort of call you in because there's very few foreigners in china so they sort of call you in on different things so i got to work a lot with tmall taobao and tmall global tmall and tmall global is more similar to amazon and taobao is more similar similar to ebay but in what the we asian kept, market obviously in the asian in the china market and so what i kept noticing was specifically the top three categories were fashion, beauty, and mother and baby. But specifically in beauty, there were a lot of women around China, women and men around China that would just have an idea about a product. Maybe they had a manufacturer in their family or they had a friend or mm. they somehow knew a manufacturer. And those were the people with followers, especially strong social followings, could go from zero to, you know, thousands in sales in, in, you know, within a month. Because all that infrastructure is there at their disposable, at their disposal in their relatively speaking backyard. Exactly. So then we came, so that planted the seed and then we came to open up a, a New York office for Alibaba group. And so a lot of the Americans moved over to New York and I started talking to content creators here and also my, who's now my co-founder, James Tong, we went to a business school at Kellogg together about, oh, this is how it works in China. Do content creators here, are they able to quickly 
you know, build their own beauty products <laughs> and sell them. <laughs> and it's also kind of personal because this is also a problem I have as an African-American man. There's not a lot of products geared towards me mm-hmm. <laughs> and our skin issues and our hair right. issues and things like that. So I sort of want more content creators to do it so I can be customers I see, I see. <laughs> of them. So it was a little bit of a personal, you had identified this, um, I don't know, phenomenon, I guess, that occurred in China and the access mm-hmm. they had. You validated mm-hmm. that same thing is going on here as far as influencers mm-hmm. who would like to have their own product, but it's a much bigger, more challenging process for them to get something manufactured. Exactly. And I'd sort of say that you have to, if you want to launch your own product today, and you probably meet a lot of people that do this, they have to at once, especially in beauty is very specific because you might be able to find clothing or other options here. But when it comes to beauty, almost all the packaging is done in China. Most of the stringent regulations are in Europe. So you have to abide by them. A lot of the, uh, there's a million different import export companies. There's a million different marketing companies. There's just no way to start. And even if you wanted to, and you flew to China and wanted to talk to a manufacturer, now you have to learn Mandarin. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, right. you, or you have go somebody from, that's, that's a go-between of some sort. Exactly. Uh, and what happens in the industry is each go-between, there's probably about six or seven go-betweens in between the raw materials and then the end customer they all end up taking a percentage. Of course. So from the supplier side, I started to think this is a huge, and this is a huge way for people to build their own businesses. And one of the things I think that's going to happen in the next 10 years, as you saw the last 10 years, was sort of the rise of the gig economy, where you could have your current job, but then you could drive for a car sharing company on the weekends or whatever you would like to do. But I think the next 10 years is sort of the rise uh, will be the rise of the creator economy, where if you just have an idea, you can actually create your own lifestyle business behind that if there are platforms that cut out all of the middlemen. And that's what we're seeking to do. Yeah. The rise of the creator economy. I love that. Yeah. And that makes a lot of sense. And then, of course, you married all of this, which with what you explained a moment ago, your your early passion and influences about manufacturing you under you understand that world to a degree. And so that was, I can see where you naturally married all of these things. Yeah. Actually, one of my fondest memories as a kid was going to uh, engineering programs in the summer, which probably is not the coolest thing to do. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> yeah. But that engineering side of it and what you I'm sure got from your dad and others that in your family is the problem solving skills that engineers are trained at. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Because there should be, I mean, we're, we're constantly thinking about this at creator Nova, that there should be a better way. I understand how the manufacturers do it and I understand how trade works. And then we understand how marketing works here. Great. So someone should be able to do this seamlessly. And what we kept noticing is that no, in order to have all those pieces together, you need a group of people with those experiences. Mm-hmm. And so my co-founder, James Tong, was working at, uh, he was working on the other side with creators to launch their own uh, nail polish companies. And then he worked at Minted and Amazon, helping creators launch on the B2C side. And I was working on the B2B side. And he said, you know, putting this together, this is sort of perfect. There's normally you would have to have a team of, you know, 30 people with the same experience. Uh, so I guess we are the ones we were looking for. <laughs> yeah. Well, why did you decide to partner with James instead of going it alone and hiring the talent that you needed? Well, one, uh, 
we had the same, and I think this is for anyone looking for a co-founder. You want someone who thinks differently than you, but has the same values. And one thing we noticed, we noticed that our values early on was that, yes, we're both smart, but it's the only thing that matters is what our customers think and want. And what really, that's why I like to say we turn their dreams into reality. It's sort of what I care really about our customers' dreams, our users' dreams, and how can we make that a reality? Is there a way to do that? And so for us, it's the creators that are interested in beauty brands, and he had already been working on it, and he felt the struggle from the creator side. <laughs> of On the creator side, you have lots of people telling you what to do, like sort of any startup, but it's them telling them what to do from what they think is good, not necessarily from what the creator dream is. So we, I think you have to find a, a co-founder that has the same values as you, but different skill sets. Yeah. 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 Complimentary yet at the foundation, you're in alignment. Exactly. Yeah. What does, uh, we'll get dive into it here, launching it in a moment, but Mark, what, what does being a, an entrepreneur do for you today? What, what is it that, how is it that it benefits you? I think it benefits me in a way of, um, Something that I think about a lot throughout my life and what, why I wanted to create a marketplace versus a, a standalone company is it helps build that aspect of freedom within your life. Uh, where if you, have, if you have a meeting that's set for two, you can set it at three or four. You can change your schedule around. You can work on things 24 hours if you want, if you have less time. Um, then you can work a little bit less on it and let your co-founder know, but know that you're going to come back to that at the end of the night or whenever it is. So it creates that freedom and flexibility and really the ability to work on something with other people that's new and innovative. I really love innovation and I love uh, freedom. And I think everyone should have the chance to be free in their life. Yeah, no, I agree. That's, that's beautifully said. I agree with that completely. And, and I think it goes back to what your dad said. You can, as an entrepreneur, you have an opportunity to rewrite the story. Exactly. And we hope to do that for most of our users. So the thing on our, our marketplace is great. We want people to have large, hopefully lifestyle businesses out of beauty or even larger if they want to take it that direction. But really it's their freedom of choice to do something that they want to do versus do something that they have to do. All right, so introduce us to what Creator Nova is. Introduce this platform at a high level, and then we'll we'll dive into it. Tell me what it is at the highest level. So at the highest level, it's a marketplace where you can log in, uh, come up with an idea. You can create an inspiration board from things around the web of products that you're interested in or like, or if you have an uh, Instagram feed, uh, anything like that, where you can sort of get your pull your ideas together. Find a manufacturer, find a 3PL service. We'll do the, we'll give you the research on what may work. And then you can instantly uh, partner with a manufacturing company and to begin to sell that product at the high level. That's what we do. And again, the, the acronym 3PL is third party logistics. Oh, third party right? logistics. Okay. Yeah. So you can, our idea is to go, you know, in four or five steps, go from the idea for a, for a product to find the manufacturer to find the marketing service and then find the third-party logistics to actually deliver it. So all four of those pieces in, in one step. 
and it's all done on this platform uh, or the users getting guidance along the way, how? Yes. So now we're beta testing it with uh, a few influencers now. So it's all on the web. And what we do is we now we do a lot of talking directly before they join the platform about what they're interested in, what sort of suppliers they're looking for so that we make sure that those suppliers are on the platform. We have a few hundred suppliers in our database, but uh, during beta testing, and this is true of any entrepreneurial venture, you really want to focus a lot on improving the experience for the user. Uh, and so that's what we're doing now, but it's all through the platform. So as so describe a little bit more who this ideal person is, at least for this, you know, initial phase of, of Creator Nova. Who are we talking about? Tell me a little bit more about this person. I think this person is on average, it's going to be a more diverse what will be called a, a minority in the United States. But the interesting thing in beauty, and this is another thing about beauty that few people knew now, is that the minority in America, it's actually the majority in beauty. So African-American women spend nine times more than mm. white women on beauty products. Uh, Asian-American women spend four to five times more. And Latin women spend uh, 86% of all days they wear makeup. So this is interesting. Where <laughs> what you would think is the, the smaller group is actually the majority. So I think right. diverse women is what we focus on. And second, entrepreneurial influencers. And what we call entrepreneurial influencers or entrepreneurial creators, it doesn't actually matter their, the size of their following, it's how loyal they are. So what we like to say is, do they have a thousand loyal followers? Do they have a thousand followers that over a month will engage with them in some way? Um, and are they focusing on beauty products or are they focusing on general lifestyle? Because you could have 50 million followers, but maybe they're following you because you're on a TV show. Not necessarily for your uh, beauty trends <laughs> that you're right, not for on. your opinions, just for your popularity, which, which exactly. is fine. So that that term entrepreneurial influencer influencer rather is someone who's developed an influence, a following of some sort. Again, it could be a small tribe, mm -hmm. but a very active following, and they are being entrepreneurs about you know to put it crudely, monetizing that following to some degree. Is that fair? Exactly. And they may spend a lot of time talking to their followers about what products they like, what products they're interested in. They may know this and they currently may use that to gain uh, you know, uh, advertising from brands. Right. But they really are thinking about what if I could have these margins, but they may not know where to go. Absolutely. Sort of the di diverse women and entrepreneurial influence. And how to today without a platform like this. You, you touched on it at the beginning, but they'd have to go and seek all of these relationships themselves. Perhaps, like you said, maybe travel to China and try to navigate yeah. that whole world or try to find somebody on Alibaba who will provide a white label product. Is that, is that how someone might do it without a platform like this? Yep. Without a platform and you have to talk to your friends, sample, try to go to conferences, fly around the world, <laughs> Uh, you know, go to go to any white label conference. It's really sort of a grind. And to be honest, it's even a grind for larger companies. We know the two largest, Estee Lauder and L'Oreal, they generally spend two to four years uh, developing new products. Mm -hmm. And that's with all the infrastructure of a large company. 
on your own, it may take two to 10 years. And you may see this a lot in your podcast of people having an idea and working on it and trying to network within the industry for, you know, five, six, seven years for physical products. Uh, we bring that down to about one month. They can is the fastest that they wow. can have a product out. And so I'm also then uh, assuming you're facilitating relationships, contracts with manufacturers that are willing to do small runs and samples and yes. those kinds of things, right? And since we know them well, I know them a lot better from the global standpoint. They know me from Alibaba and they know my co-founder from in the U.S. working directly with influencers. So we have some pretty good partnerships and relationships with manufacturers that are willing to uh, bet on an influencer growing bigger later and doing bit larger purchase orders. So they're willing to work with them on smaller purchase mm-hmm. orders. Yeah, which is huge. I haven't done the research on this myself, Mark, but is there anybody else that has something comparable to this on the market today? A platform like uh, like yours, like Creator Nova? Yeah. Yeah, I think now is the time where people are seeing this. So you're seeing this all over. There's a company doing it for coffee. (laughs) There's a company doing it for general food. There's a company doing this in fashion. Uh, And then there's uh, many companies doing it for whatever a creator needs. Everything from, you know, a mug to a t-shirt to a jewelry to uh, whatever they can think of. And then obviously the largest in the last year has been uh, the focus on uh, fintech and NFTs and artists and things like that. So a lot of different companies popping up. So is your, one of your differentiators, at least for now, going to be the focus on beauty products? Yes. So the major issue with uh, many platforms is how, is that they go very wide, uh, different categories. Uh, We're going very deep into the beauty category. Yeah. That's the major differentiator. So instead of having just like two or three manufacturers to talk to that have, you know, two or three different customizations, uh, anyone who wants to start their own beauty brand or their launch their own beauty product, there's million, there's hundreds of thousands of customizations you can make with us versus anywhere else. So it's really those people who are really entrepreneurial about beauty. This is Henry Lopez, pausing this episode for a moment to tell you about my trusted service partner for everything related to websites and SEO, Adam Kirk and his company, Ustas. Ustas specializes in website development and online marketing for small business and has been a business partner of the Howa business for almost three years now. I am also a client of Ustas and have a trusted relationship with their founder, Adam Kirk. You may recognize Adam's name as he's been a guest on this podcast several times over the past few years. Now more than ever, you need a website that represents your small business as a professional and viable business online. Your website is making a first impression for your business. The question is, what kind of impression is it making? Is it creating confidence and making it easy for potential new customers and clients to clearly understand what you offer and how to contact you? Or does your site look like a relic from the 1990s? Or far worse, you have no website at all, which unfortunately is the case for many small businesses today. Well, here is a great opportunity to finally get the website your business deserves without the fear of not knowing how much it's going to cost or paying a small fortune. Ustas has affordable small business website plans starting at as low as $9.99 for a beautiful and effective informational website that will attract new customers and make a fantastic first impression. There are no long-term contracts and you will know exactly what you are going to get for this set price. A professional and responsive, customized website that will help you grow your business. Ustas also has a plan 
that costs you nothing up front and just $250 a month. Visit thehowabusiness.com for more information. And when you connect with Ustas, just let them know you heard about the offer on the How of Business to receive a special price on your custom website. Now's the time to get your website working for you and helping you grow your business. There's a stat that you share, I think, on the website that I found and very interesting, along with the other stats you just shared. 70% of Asian, if I got this right, 70% of Asian and African-American women feel that their beauty needs are not being met. Yes. So which that's is the huge. other incredible opportunity <laughs> that exists there, right? And you know what's crazy about that is millennials, uh, uh, boomers were uh, about 35% diverse. Millennials are 44%. Uh, Gen Z is close to 50%. They're at 48.9%. So not only is 70% of Asian and African-American women's feel that they're not being met, but they're almost half <laughs> of, of Gen Z and millennials, which is, which is a huge opportunity. Yeah. All right, let's let's dig one layer deeper and walk me through an example of an influencer. Well, let's just say it's it's a she. She's got a following now uh, in the beauty industry. And let's say, as an example, this is a thought my daughter had that she's been recommending lipsticks, has been studying the market forever, but now wants to bring to market her own branded lipstick. Walk me through at a high level what that what her process would be like. And you're saying that she could get from that idea to having a product for her to offer within a month or so. Is that am I getting that right? Oh, yeah. So what she would do is first, all of the ideas she has for her, uh, you said uh, lip gloss. We first create an inspiration board for her. So I might have, uh, she might've been using Pinterest or something like that yeah. instead. Now, why, why do I need to bring that? Or is it just that you find that that's something that people need help facilitating that inspiration component or ideation phase of it. Yes. Or she may use a Pinterest board. Like okay. that's totally fine too. And then she okay. could link it with us and we can see the sort of pictures. But what that does is that formulates because the, I would say the suppliers and manufacturers speak in one language and the creator speak in a totally different language. Right. <laughs> so it's sort of making that connection. So then we may see that, you know, maybe she wants a high shine lip gloss. She may not know it's called high shine, <laughs> Uh, but from the pictures that she has on her inspiration board, we can notice that. So then we can put her in touch with it. We can have her sample from manufacturer that make that exact color, that exact shine, that exact. Uh, she probably also would have ideas about what the packaging would look like. Mm -hmm. So instead of her going around talking to 100 manufacturers and saying, great, do you do this color, this packaging with this shine? We pull those three together in our algorithm and say, great, these are the five you want to sample from. I see. And then, then the packaging, I'm assuming we're talking about not completely customized, but the ability to pick from in a, a range of packaging styles and shapes and colors and so forth. Is that true? Yes. Okay. So the major difference with packaging is if they want it fast, like within a month, they sort of have to pick what's available at that manufacturer. And this is sort of uh, uh, the trade in what's going on with coronavirus has sort of right. hurt this a bit because things, every manufacturer in the U.S. doesn't have the supply that they would typically have. So if you want something fast, you sort of have to pick what's available in North America. Uh, but if you want something more highly customized that can be done, it just may take a longer time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
but the algorithm on the platform based on those parameters that that person that that entrepreneur gives it kind of narrows it down all right here are three two five manufacturers to consider is that exactly so far and then okay. what happens after that is she'll sample from those, she'll purchase small samples from those manufacturers. And this is really for her to try it. Great. Maybe it looked, because as you know, uh, all the colors on the internet don't look the same in pictures as they do in real life. So it gives them the chance to actually wear it, wear the lip gloss. She can put it on, she can give some to her friends, spend about a week doing that and then decide out of the you know, two or three manufacturers that she sampled from which one she actually wants to purchase from. Mm -hmm. The question that brings to mind, Mark, is what, what are we talking, roughly speaking, would be like a minimum budget that I have to have available to make something? In this example, for example, what, what am I talking about? Am I talking about a $100,000 investment? Am I talking about 10000 Where's my minimum that I should be looking at? I think the minimum, and this is including initial marketing, I would say probably five to $10,000 at a bare minimum for a full company. But if um, there's no customization, if there's higher customization, obviously it goes higher, 40, 50, you can get into crazy customizations near a hundred thousand. But if they sort of see something that already exists in the market, um, we wouldn't call it white labeling. We would call it uh, minimum customization. It's meaning there's something that already exists. That's when you can get down to just in a few thousand dollars, one, okay. you know, a few hundred bucks to a, to one or two thousand dollars. Fascinating. When someone, if you were advising someone who's getting started on a, you know, more limited budget, is that where you recommend they started with something like that with for their first product? Exactly. I'd recommend that they start with a limited edition product. And actually now is a great time because of the holidays. Yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe if, you know, let's take your daughter, for example, she wants to create a lip gloss, but she has this highly customized, you know, color that's never been used and the new packaging that she wants to use and graphic design, you know, it's going to cost for graphic design. It's going to cost for all of that. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's what she thinks about next year. And for this year, uh, maybe she picks something that's, you know, more holiday themed or something like that, that she can sell and say she has uh, sales and then move on from there and build that relationship with the manufacturer. But this actually leads into our, our sort of next product that we have coming, which is we are offering financing for creators that want to uh -huh. create their own products. So then you don't have to put that initial, you know, thousand dollars up to purchase all the samples and talk to people. Uh, it'll, it could actually more be in a buy now, pay later or loan form. Uh, so you can really sort of think about what you really want to create and uh, be as creative as possible. Yeah, that's wonderful. All right. I got to think, but tell me if I'm wrong, that for a lot of these entrepreneurial influencers, the end goal is to ideally get that product in a retailer, a, a more traditional retailer, maybe brick and mortar, maybe online, maybe both. Is that something you facilitate as well or not yet? Yes, that's something we will facilitate. And actually one of our uh, beta testers right now already has an offline retailer uh, looking to purchase our product once it's uh, finalized and made. And the interesting thing here, we're, we're seeing this in two different types of retailers are reaching out to us. One is the online e-commerce retailers that have some specific niche like uh you know clean beauty and hair or clean beauty and body care and the second type of retailer we're seeing is what you would call the sort of specialty shops apothecaries mom and pop shops or local 
shops around the United States and around the world. We've actually been reached out to from uh, supply stores in Brazil and Nigeria, which is wow. very interesting. But yeah. well, I got to think, you know, as I, again, as I was talking to my daughter about it, retailers, traditional retailers are also looking for how do they bring this into their mix? Because that's what customers are demanding more and more, right? Exactly. And I think uh, one of the retailers we talked to, we talked to in New York, that'll be, uh, that'll be buying some product from our users is, yeah, they want to have something new. If uh, creators are inherently creative, the, most of them are artists and technicians. So they may be thinking about new ideas every few months. So it's great. And it gets customers coming back to their store. It gets that yeah. foot traffic going again of uh, uh, people saying, great, oh, there's a new product and it's only sold in the store. I have to actually walk in and pick it up. So they're very excited about that. Great stuff. All right. Let me take a shift here as far as Crater Nova goes. What, what's the business model? How do you make money? So we make money off of a marketplace fee, uh, like any other marketplace. And then the second way we make money are fees on the financial loans that we'll, uh, that we can, and the financing that we can provide to influencers. Mm -hmm. Are you guys profitable yet? So we're in beta. We are, we will be bringing in revenue by the end of the year. There's three doing holiday launches. And then, so we should be profitable after that. That's wonderful. Yeah. Now, I know you're currently seeking part of the 700,000 uh, that you're seeking, what you call pre-seed round. Mm -hmm. But how did you initially launch the business? How was that funded? Initially, it was bootstrapped just between me, my co-founder and I, and then a few uh, friends and family invested in us. And then obviously uh, XRC, and we had a few angel investors as well. And the interesting thing is that they were angel investors who all work at VCs. Is that <laughs> so right? A lot of VCs do their own angel investing on the side. Mm -hmm. But it's a very good sign that uh, what I had them do is I tell, I tell them this is two words that you'll rarely see in the same sentence is beauty and technology. So I know right. it's quite odd when we meet with people and we say, oh, we're a beauty tech company. Um, but I asked them to say, great, talk to any creators, talk to yourself. Do you have the perfect products that, that you think you have? Do you have the right lotion? Do you have the, if you wear makeup, do you think you found that perfect makeup yet? And if the answer is no, this is why we exist. And I would say 100% of people have said no <laughs> to that question. Knowing that they can't, like we were talking about some of the statistics that they don't find that there's what they're looking for. So that's the beauty side of it. But then the technology side is facilitating a creative entrepreneur bringing something to market that's new and fresh that addresses that gap. Exactly. Because they're just, yeah, you, you rarely hear beauty and tech in the same sentence. Mm -hmm. It's quite new. <laughs> when you were first seeking funding, uh, did you have a lot of pushback? Was it, was it hard to convince people to invest in this idea? I would say it was, we would get two breaths in the two statements two sort of uh statements in the same sentence it would go oh this is interesting this is amazing wait but it's in beauty though <laughs> what does that and, mean i'm very and what, what's the hesitation what was their hesitation do you think what is the hesitation that that's a saturated market or dominated yeah, some by big players or what, what was some people would think so but actually the numbers are different the big players are only cover a little bit less than half of the market and most of the growth in the market is by indie brands and individual players which is quite interesting i think most of the hesitation has been that oh i just don't know beauty and it's like great <laughs> 
ask anyone about it. And then a lot of the, our angel investors came back and said, you know, I polled three people that I know that like beauty a lot. And they all said, this is amazing. Yeah. Uh, so, but it's one of those things where uh, you never want to get caught up as the entrepreneur saying, great, we had a great idea done. It's actually much more about testing assumptions uh, one after the other, um, sort of like a fire hole style is what, what's next. Great. This was great. What we built now was great. What's next? What else do customers want and things like that? And to that end, how did, how long was it Mark from the idea for this to the launch? What was last year when you had your first client to start in the beta? Is that right? Yeah, it was. So how last... long was that process before you, from idea to launching so I'd say the idea was last summer of 2020 when we started talking to people about it. And we actually met with some of the larger uh, beauty companies first, <laughs> uh, since we, we sort of know a lot of people in that space. And then we started to pull together a pitch deck. And then it was really in November where we really got serious about uh, Creator Nova, um, mostly because we, we thought it was a great idea most of the larger players in the industry thought it was a great idea and help can, because the beauty industry is sort of split between the big players that have a smaller portion of the market. And there's just uh, tens of thousands of uh, smaller players that have the other half of the market. So they see it sort of professionalizing that side and actually making it easier for everyone from the manufacturer to the 3PL or fulfillment service, even the marketers to go to, to be a one-stop shop. So we sort of got serious. We really got serious in November we built the first version of our marketplace between January and March. And then we built the second version that uh, we're going to release this month or next month to our uh, beta testers. And then it's sort of a, a thing about constant improvement yeah, for our marketplace. An, an MVP approach. So that, that's pretty fast. That's, that's amazing how quickly yeah. it has progressed. <laughs> I'm sure to you, it's been fast and the longest time of your life. Um, yeah. yeah. All right. So I, I mentioned that, you know, the way I came to know you is because of XRC Labs, where you were part of their accelerator program, right? Mm -hmm. so, so tell me a little bit about that experience and how that helped. I think one of the, one of the best ways that XRC, XRC can help companies, and there's sort of two. One was mentorship. We got so many good mentors from, from Estee Lauder, who's obviously Estee Lauder, to Lian Fung. Lian Fung, if no one knows this, they're, uh, they were a company in Hong Kong that was the Alibaba before Alibaba. So we got a mentor from the largest beauty company and the largest supply chain company, which, which is great. And I have the experience at Alibaba. So that was, I think the mentorship is number one. Number two is XRC really, as an entrepreneur, you're sort of uh, working on whatever the biggest fire is at that moment or mm -hmm. whatever is the, just the next thing that next thing to do. And you sort of go in between of thinking about what your company will be in 10 years, but what you actually have to do today or this week. And so what XRC did a lot of was focus a lot on how you're marketing yourself, how you're thinking about your company. What are some of the growth strategies that you can do between what you need to do today and what your company eventually needs to become in 10 years? Because any given day, that's not something that you're going to do on your own. You're going to be right. calling a customer or something like that. So I think those two ways, the mentorship and then sort of the, the growth uh, mindset uh, was XRC was very good at. Yeah, that's fantastic. 
Thanks for sharing it. All right, let, let's start to wrap it up. But what have we not talked about uh, as it relates to Creator Nova? I know, for example, I didn't get to ask you about the community, but what else do you want to share with us about Creator Nova? Yeah, I guess for the any content creators or anyone that, even if you're not a content creator, if you're a, a person that's just thinking about starting their own beauty brand, we it's not a place where it's where you do it all on your own. We like to call ourselves a mark, a guided marketplace. So you can actually talk to, especially now, since we're so early, you'll get to talk to me and my co-founder over Zoom <laughs> several times about the business you want to provide. And then we have other service providers and coaches that can help on both managing the, the entrepreneurial leadership journey, but also helping individual creators and indie brands on their marketing and uh, growth. Uh, and so we give, we like to give a lot of free tips <laughs> out to anyone starting their own brand because we do, we want them to be successful, whether they right. use our platform or not. And I would say the major other thing that we didn't, we touched on it a little bit, but I think something that's new and we just put it on our, our website. So anyone at the website can see on creatornova.com that you can sign up for the wait list, but then you can actually put whether you're applying for financing as well, because we are able to finance new uh, indie brands and uh, content creator-led brands in the beauty space. And tell us the website to go to for that. It's a creatornova.com. Okay. We'll have a link to that as well on the show notes page. If you don't get that at the howabusiness.com. So one last question I want to go back to if if I'm listening and I think at some point I'm not there yet, but, but I think at some point this, this is exactly what I'm dreaming about doing. What's your, what's your thoughts and advice to someone as to what are some of the things they need to do, concentrate on, focus on so that they can get to this point where they're ready to take advantage of something like Creator Nova? I think first, I think there is, and this is largely because how the industry is run, it seems extremely daunting. And there is a lot of different moving pieces from research to marketing research to you know, SEO and everything down the line. But what we've really tried to do with our marketplace is make it more guided so that you're not on your own. I would say what they should think about is one, sign up for our wait list and talk to us. But two, really think about do you know what your followers want? Are you really engaging with your followers? When a lot of people, when a lot of people think about engagement, it's how many people like your post or how many people comment it. Right. But I like to think about engagement is not asynchronous, it's synchronous engagement. Mm -hmm. If someone's commenting that they really like this lip gloss you're wearing, then when you posted something about that lip gloss, did they then return? Because then it's sort of a synchronous conversation. You're sort of talking to each other versus just your followers liking or commenting on you. I think really developing that conversation with your followers is what I would, I would uh, say any creator should do uh, before they start their own brand. Because that's really, that'll really focus you in on what products you want to, uh, you should eventually develop. Yeah, I think that's such, such a huge takeaway, Mark, is because, again, we, we, we kind of think sometimes it's all about likes, but do we really have an engaged audience that yeah. is going to take action, that is interacting with us and that we're having conversations with? I think that's such a huge litmus test as to whether you now have a following that really is responding to your advice, to your conversations, to your content, and then you might be ready to take this next step, right? 
Yep. And it may be more, it seems more daunting. It is daunting, but we make it less daunting than it should be. Our overall goal for our company, I like the, my co-founder hears me say this all the time and the users we work with that I do believe that anyone anywhere in the world should be able to create the product of their dreams and then sell that product to anyone living anywhere else in the world. Mm. Meaning if you're a content creator sitting in the United States, but maybe you have family from Croatia or Mozambique or Brazil, and it seems so distant. This is why platforms, I call this globalization 2.0, but this is what platforms were created for. Because in globalization 1.0, everyone had to go to the same store. You had to go buy what Sears was buying, <laughs> what Sears had for sale or Walmart. And the new version is platforms like ours that allow you to talk to any small business around the world directly and make whatever you would like and then sell that to people around the world. So I would say the first step in getting started is what we just mentioned about really understanding your following. And then it's, it's today is better than tomorrow, but tomorrow is better than the day after tomorrow to get started. Yeah. But get yourself educated as well. And then again, yes. your, your free resources that you offer is one of those places so that when exactly. you are ready, you, you know a little bit more about how this works. Yes. And we're happy to help and, and guide people along the way since we're the, we're the platform enabling small businesses to talk to each other and interact. So we're not coming out with our own beauty products. So we're a, a, a good third-party source for people to get information. Right. You're, you're, you're invested. What you want is for these clients to be successful with their own brands and helping them accomplish that. Exactly. Exactly. Right, great and stuff. hopefully create great products that we all can use. <laughs> yeah. And that impact the community, especially this community that's underserved. Yeah. And I think with the minority in the U.S. actually being the majority in beauty, this could have a profound effect on not only just female business owners, but their communities that they live in as well. When people are able to create, you know, maybe it's not the next Estee Lauder or L'Oreal, you know, making $15 billion a quarter, but maybe they're making, you know, $10,000, $20,000, $30,000 a month, which that's great. And then they can hire it's a couple of people yeah. in their community. It's fantastic. And, it's, and, that's, and that's, I think that's such a key takeaway, Mark, because we've been in business and this applies to all segments, indoctrinated into thinking that that's the only measure of success. It will become the next Apple or the next Estee Lauder. But that's not the case. We can have very successful, call it niche, whatever you want to call it, successful businesses that serve a smaller audience, but serves it well. Yeah. And if you think in the beauty space, this is one thing why beauty is interesting. There's about uh, three dozen types of skin not counting all the skin conditions. There's uh, dozens of types of hair, X, Y, Z. So there's an innumerable amount of color. So there's a large space for actually thousands of more players to get into the space yeah. in beauty and really market uh, locally into people that look like them. Yeah. 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 Another great takeaway because I, you know, it's easy to make the assumption that the market is saturated, but in fact, it's not. Yeah, even if you have one color, and I'll add this on top, which people who love beauty or into beauty know. So let's say there's 26 skin types. Uh, that means for every single color, there has to be 26 different versions mm, yeah. <laughs> of the same color. Right. And then if you live in somewhere that's seasonal, where it gets cold some days, hot some days, that's two different types of makeup. <laughs> uh, so there's in there, 
it's actually pretty incalculable amount of yeah there's uh, opportunity there's opportunity all right i'm always looking for a book recommendation there's a book that comes to mind that you would recommend I will, I'm going to recommend too, because a lot of people, uh, I, I would say for me moving to the United States, to China and working with manufacturers and suppliers there and startups here launching brands, it's uh, cultures are different. So I would recommend there's this movie about how Alibaba started called the Crocodile and the Yangtze. Uh, maybe I should look up if maybe we'll find a link and see if it's on Amazon yeah, or something I'll check like and that. see if it's on Netflix or wherever, because I'd like to yeah. watch that. The crocodile it, and the Yangtze as in the croc- Yangtze river, right? In the Yangtze river. Uh, and so that's one, cause it sort of helps you understand sometimes when a, you hear this a lot from us companies, when they're working with Chinese manufacturers, that they don't understand why the manufacturer did this or what, what it, it's just really a culture difference, but that documentary sort of talks about the growth of Alibaba in what they did to beat eBay, um, which is probably similar to what Didi did to beat uh, Uber, but it gives you a sort of well-rounded global perspective on how uh, China works, at least um, in the on the surface level. And then the second book I would recommend, which is my favorite business book, is a uh, Titan by John D. by uh, Chernow, Ron Chernow, and it's about John D. Rockefeller. And it's not because he's a Rockefeller and he became this billionaire; it's actually how he became that. What he he actually sort of started off with a business similar to Walmart in Ohio. And all he did was talk to his customers. Every customer that came through the door, he would talk to them and say, great, what are you looking for? And when they were leaving, did you find what you're looking for? What's missing? And then he would literally just problem solve for his customers every single day. Hmm. And that's what great entrepreneurs, I think, do. So if you're going off to start a beauty brand, maybe you have an idea but what we had some of our current users have done is they've gone on Instagram and said, Hey, I'm coming out with this lip gloss. Who likes this color versus that color? Really talk to your customers about like what they need. So oh, and even before that, having had that, that ongoing dialogue, even before you have your own product of here's my advice on what's currently on the market or whatever that dialogue exactly. might be. It's about yeah. having those conversations, but yeah, that, that book, I haven't read it yet, but as you're de- describing it, it hits home precisely on, you can never listen too much to your, to your customer. Yeah. Uh, and that's particularly hard to do in the online world. Yeah. And it's very hard. And what me and my co-founder talk about this a lot, but actually the only person that matters in this business is not me or him. It's our users. Right. Those are the only people that matter. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Great stuff. All right. Which one thing Mark that you want us to take away from this conversation we had about, you know, creator Nova, the launching of it, but also this whole, concept of enabling these uh, creators, these influence, entrepreneurial influencers, what's one thing you want us to take away? I would say take away that this is doable. And what we're working on in Creator uh, Creator Nova is to democratize technology so that anyone can experience the life that they imagine as a child. That's what we would like to do. That's what they should take away. It is doable. It seems daunting. But uh, find platforms like ours, come to creatornova.com, sign up for our wait list, and hopefully we can make that entrepreneurial journey a little bit easier. Fantastic. Mark, this has been a fantastic and enlightening conversation. Thanks for taking the time to be with me and for sharing. Thank you. Great. Thank you for having me on. I hope uh, people enjoyed this conversation. Uh, This was my first podcast, so I'm very excited to have it out. Thank you. Thank you for making us the first one. I appreciate it. (laughs) Thank you. This is Henry Lopez, and thanks for joining me on this episode of The How of Business. My guest today, again, was Mark Fleming. 
We release new episodes every Monday morning, and you can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or at our website, thehowofbusiness.com. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to The How of Business. For more information about our coaching programs, online courses, show notes pages, links, and other resources, please visit thehowofbusiness.com.